All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Man, shit's a little crazy right now. I, I just can't believe uh, this is all happening. I mean, I guess I can, but it's still uh, a shock to see the events unfolding right before your eyes, minute by minute, second by second. Um, just everyone be safe. Practice social distancing. Understand that this isn't a joke. It will come to pass in time, but we just have to follow these strict rules. And I know it's hard for people out there. Some people aren't working. Some people don't have enough money to even put food on the plate. Shit is fucking crazy. But if we think cool, calm, and collectively, things will get back to a normal pace. Although it takes time, it will happen. We have been through way worse throughout the generations. Truly understand that. Way worse. The Spanish influenza of 1918 killed 50 million people like a fucking blink of an eye. We made it past that. We will make it past this. So remember, be cool, calm, and collective. And man, what has really fucking helped me out doing all of this is that Jupiter CBD that I always talk about, that special tincture that uh, has just blown my fucking mind. It's literally got me to calm down. It's really helped alleviate my stress levels on a day-to-day basis. Um, And I guess I'll just plug it right now because we're talking about it. Um, (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, But uh, you guys want to get some? You guys want to try it? They're offering a two-week trial uh, for all my listeners. It's normally 29 bucks. It's only $19 for you guys. It's called the Jupiter Journey. Try this stuff today. Go to getjupiter.com. Use the code STORYTIME. You'll get $10 off. And uh, you guys will get a two-week trial of this amazing goody, 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 goody stuff. And all right. So who do we have on the podcast today? We have Miss Danny Tiger. That's a terrible tiger sound. But um, this was an amazing podcast. I've known her for years. One of the first women I ever met in the hair industry. Uh, she has a story to tell. She has been to hell and back and has made it on top. Uh, I am impressed. I am inspired. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this amazing podcast. All right, let's get to it. From the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story want to start it don't off. Don't Elon Musk me right now, I'm not, I'm like, don't try no, to make me take some shit like no, right before we start talking. Cra- <laughs> wasn't that crazy? This is crazy that like we're just <laughs> started. You're, I love the intro to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, what other way? Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started, I was like, welcome to back to your story. I'm I love like, it. Oh. I love your intros. Is it you singing? <laughs> that I'm um, in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so cool. My, I love it. It's like you. haunted mansion-y. Yes. <laughs> like I just, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Very cool. I, uh, my shout out to Stephen Gizzy. He's uh, he's an amazing composer. So um, cool. Does tons of work with like DreamWorks and Netflix. That's and awesome. 
and I gave him this idea. And it's so crazy. Like when you give people ideas um, or something that you want done for you, um, anything from a house to a, you know, music, right? Um, it, there usually needs to be edits, right? Like a website yeah. or whatever, right? <laughs> I painted out the picture for him, right? And when he served it up, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I did that voice recording in my car on my phone. What? And he just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, That's uh, a true artist, right? He's following his true calling then. <laughs> absolutely. 26 years old, just bought his first house. Wow. Um, and is doing some amazing work that I can't talk about on the podcast right now. Um, but uh, I just can't even imagine, you know. And you understand hustle. You understand drive, right? Yeah. Is that something that has been a part of you? Because I've known you for years now. I know. You've just always been on the grind. You know what I was thinking? I was When you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, I told my dude, I'm like, oh, blah, blah, about this podcast. And he's like, oh, I love Brock. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, how'd you meet him? And I was like, um, <laughs> like I legit, like, how did we meet? I can't, I mean, I obviously know. it was through the hustle. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I can't even remember. I don't know. No, but not I've, at all. yeah, I've been hustling for a about 13 years now so I don't remember That's and we nuts. meet so many people yeah yeah we, we do meet so many. I remember when I was younger like and out and about in Hollywood more because that's before Instagram and social media you actually had to like talk to people yes so I was like at I don't know some bar in WeHo and I saw you it was like a weird mix between like reality stars and real TV stars and I was doing film and TV and shoots and clients and like seeing so many clients it, it was so many people I was meeting yeah. that like there was this reality TV guy and I may have had a few drinks <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh who's doing your hair you need to come see me you haven't seen yeah. me in forever and he's just like who the fuck are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were one of my clients. That's like, I just so thought like I recognized him from yeah. somewhere and I thought, oh, I, I had to have done his hair at some point. That is so true. And he was super cool because I, most people probably are just like, oh my God, I'm such a fan. And I was yeah. just like, your hair looks like shit. Yes. Like, <laughs> and well, he's like, who's real. this person? Like, yeah, that's it was super real. real. And we were like friends after that. So it was so funny. And that's what I've always liked about you is you've always been real as fuck. Hold on, I'm going to grab a lighter. You want the candle? Uh, you've always been real as fuck. And I think that's important because, you know, we live this life that is just so finite, right? And so many people try to put on this show, yeah. right? Um, and especially with social media today, it's, it's fucking massive. Yeah. Uh, that being said, we as individuals, when we become true with ourselves. I believe that we become better people. Like yeah. I was sharing with you on the before the podcast. It's like one of the biggest reasons that I did the podcast is because I was sick and tired of being two people. Yeah. The person that I'm on the inside and the person that I'm on the outside. Yeah. And it's like everyone has that. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to bring and merge those two people together, you feel a lot better. And it allows you to get back to your individual story and then work on the things that you need to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think – humans have so much potential yes maybe some a little more than others maybe <laughs> but i think that to reach that potential it's like you do have to get uncomfortable and yes. you have to grow which is always uncomfortable yeah. and most of us don't want to do that no. so we just stay stagnant or you know we just don't ever reach those levels and that's what i've noticed about anyone that i look up to or admire yeah. it's like they've gone through the fire and it's like they they've grown through whatever mess they've come across, which is usually like inside yourself. Absolutely. And 
they've just, it's almost like they've reached the other side. And that's definitely where I'm at right now. And it may just be like our age we were talking about earlier, like For sure. 30s, <laughs> 30s. Um, the 20s were just so awesome. And then the 30s are so fucking hard. It's so real. It's like something that smacks you right in your freaking face. I was like having a complete meltdown. And my dude who he's in his 40s, early 40s. And he was just like, I went through the same thing. And I'm like, what? He did. Why didn't you tell me this? I thought I was the only one that was a mess. We all do. So it's like working, if you're willing to like, you know, be vulnerable and like have the strength to work through those fears, which is so annoying because people always say that and it's like, oh my God, work through your fears. (laughs) But once you start doing it, you're like, oh shit. But you you know, I, that's where I'm at in my journey and I've definitely like fallen and you know, there's times where I'm weak, there's times where I'm strong. And just recently I got back to a place where, you know, I didn't, it was just too hard and it was too uncomfortable. And I was like, I just want to go back to my comfort zone. Yes. And you know, that sucked. Cause it's like, once you have a touch of the other side, it's like, you know, better. Of you course. Know? Absolutely. So. And there's two different types of like being uncomfortable. There's one that is, you know, good. And then there's one that's bad. Right. right. Um, the, the good type of being uncomfortable is it's important. You know, my wife and I, we talk about it all the time. It's what drives you being vulnerable, opening yourself up, yeah. uh, allows you to open yourself up for new opportunities, allows you to push. It gives you that drive. But then the other type is where you're doing something wrong. You know, I, I told you about my relapse. You know, I, I relapsed in December and my wife had to catch me fucking, you know, doing drugs in the bathroom. And it's like, what the fuck? It was 3 a.m. And it was like instantly. It was years of being sober. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get that little taste and it's like. I'm fucking uncomfortable all the time because all I care about is getting to the bathroom to hide and do stupid shit, right? And as I was sharing before, it's like I'm very happy that that happened because um, I know how fragile all of that shit is. And I know that I will never, ever, ever go back because the life that I have would never have been built on these fucking faulty uh, bullshit um, things that we do, right? I, and, 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 and for you, you know, you're so open and I appreciate that you came on because I have, I've always loved your drive, your motivation. Like there's just something about you that has this presence, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I know that there's a lot more inside and that, uh, you know, your life and things that you've gone through. Um, so kind of getting back to your story, it's like, where did you start? Where did you originate from? Where'd you come from? Yeah. So, um, it's so funny. You're so awesome, Brock. This is like, you're making me think already. Like, thank you. I'm like, I feel like I didn't meditate for long enough. This morning <laughs> for this. But, um, yeah, I love that you say that like we're two different people and yeah. for the longest time, like I always, <clears throat> it's funny cause I actually took a peer counseling class in high school yeah. and I feel like that was like the, f- like the, the little, I don't know, it got the ball rolling of like me being who I was and just being open and comfortable with like talking about your emotions and just yeah. being like very authentic as everyone always says. Yes. Um, but yeah, I remember the point that I got to in my life. I literally remember where I was standing, what I was doing, what happened when I felt myself empty out. I'm just like bottom out, not like in a, you know, drug sense of the way, but like just bottom out where like, you know, you're, you're so young and you have all this excitement. And, you know, for me, I've always been such an open person and I share and I give of myself and that's kind of how I end up getting into hair. And then if you don't like take care of yourself and give back to yourself and nurture yourself, 
you just empty out. <laughs> and so I got to that point. Yeah. And now I've been on this crazy journey of like trying to fill back up again. And it's been really hard, but it's been really awesome. So um, that being said, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've, I'm, you know, LA born and raised. So I've been SoCal girl my whole life. There we go. Um, yeah, I, but you know, everyone has the crazy story. We were kind of talking about that before the podcast is like, my dude has like a mom and a dad yeah. and a sister and yeah. I don't have that exactly. It's very complicated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I basically kind of just started doing my own thing, like at the age of, I don't know. 12, 13, 14. And I always did really well, though. What's up, Bougie? I was going to say, is that a problem? Pick him up. My uh, my bogey man. Yes. What's up, bogey? He's like, come on. What's up, bogey? (laughs) Mama's trying to talk, sharing her story. Um, Yeah. So, you know, but for some reason, even though I had so much freedom in my life to just make whatever choices I wanted to, um, I've always been like a really strong woman of faith. And yeah. so I've always, that's always been the foundation of who I am. Even when my whole family like turned away from it, I just went to church by myself or I just like, you know, read the Bible myself. I just stayed in that. Yeah. Um, and so I got like straight A's in school and wow. I did really well and I was really friendly with everyone. And, um, so when I went to college, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, all I know is that I want to help people, you know, and I'm a nurturer, yeah. but I don't want to have kids, which is super weird. I know. <laughs> no, it's but, not, um, not at all. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I, of course I studied psychology because peer counseling definitely got me into like, makes sense. why the fuck are people so crazy? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that. And, but going into that in college, it was very clinical and very dry and very yeah. like unattached yes. and I was, I'm extremely sensitive and extremely emotional person. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. So I it. took like human communication classes and I just really learned how to talk with people and how to speak and really how to be more open, yeah. um, with myself, but also like two other people and two other ideas and things like that. And then someone came along in my life who was a hairdresser okay. and he planted the seed of me being a hairdresser. Wow. So he was like, what are you doing? Like you're taking all, because I was, you know, we would go out and party and this and that. And then I'd be like, okay, I got to go to school, you know? And he's like, why are you, you're going to school every single day. Like you're there all day. Why are you taking so many classes? And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And so we just had this conversation and it's actually, I don't know, you may know, um, Danny Winter. Do you yes, know Danny I do. Winter? Of course, okay, yeah. so we were in his apartment in his balcony. Shout out to Danny. <laughs> I know. And it was a very long time ago. This is, I mean, I don't know, 15 years ago, wow. whatever. And I know it's a small world, yeah, right? It is. It's so small. So he had a roommate at the time that was a hairdresser. And Danny wasn't a hairdresser back then, wow, which is so crazy. So like weird. to see how we've all progressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But his roommate at the time, and he, I think this guy was just like crashing with him for a little while or okay. whatever. And he was just such a cool guy. And he's like, you know, what are you doing with your life? I'm like, I don't know. And so Danny was like rolling his own cigarettes in the patio. And we're just like having this conversation. And he just like pulled it out of me. And he's like, what do you want to do? Like, what makes you happy? And so we're going back and forth. And then he's like, have you ever thought about, you know, the beauty industry, like hair or makeup? And I'm like, that's not a real job. And he's like, (laughs) bitch, like, that's what I do. (laughs) And I was like, oops. Um, (laughs) And he was just such an amazing mentor. And he's like, at your college, they probably have some kind of makeup class that you can go to and see if you even like it or if you're even good at it. And then if you're not, shut the door and like, you can find something else. But I think he saw in me, like he knew that like, you know, like now that we're hairdressers, it's like, you can, you see your breed, you speak the language. And so he kind of like saw it in me. And he was just an amazing mentor. So I did. I went and took a, ma- took a makeup class. And I've told this story a lot, but 
that, 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 sorry to cut you off. No, that, no, that, okay. that, is, that is really freaking fascinating. I mean, going through everything that you've gone through, right? Um, I, I kind of look back at your past and uh, you didn't talk too much about family, yeah. right? Um, what type of role has family played in your own personal journey, especially when you were younger? Oh, it's so complicated. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's so complicated. And it's funny because you don't, for me, I didn't realize when I was younger, like I just hit the delete button on all the ugly stuff. And I yeah. was just like, I love life. And I've always just been like a very joyful, you know, person. Um, but that only lasts for so long <laughs> because your storage bin gets really full, your trash bin, and then you, it explodes and you're a mess. So, um, yeah, I have, so my, uh, I don't know my biological father, um, and then, so my mom had me when she was like in her twenties wow. and then, um, it was just the two of us and her mom and her dad. So to me, and I, they're my grandparents, my Grammy and pop, and I have their portraits on my shoulders because yeah. to me, they're like my angels. And I just, I'm I very, that. very close with them. My pop did pass away I'm sorry. like six years ago. Yeah. Um, but he was the father figure in my life a hundred percent. So, I mean, some, you know, I had a father, basically it was him. That's amazing. And then he, my mom actually married, remarried when I was like two yeah. and this man had a daughter that was like three. Okay. So her and I, um, are sisters. All right, all right, <laughs> so it's yes. like them two and us two, we became a little family and then they had a son. So I have a younger brother. Wow. wow. So it's really complicated. Yeah. Like get- it's funny. I was telling my, my man, his, um, I was telling his parents that story and I was like, I think I said something like, yeah, I come from a blended family and his dad is so sweet. He's like, oh, that's beautiful. I've never heard of blended family. Heard and I'm like, yeah, really? I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love I'm that. like, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it because we were so little and my mom is so loving and she just was like, we're a family, you know, like you don't, I don't want you to feel like you're different or yes. cause I had a different last name or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's crazy now looking like 30 years back that my sister and I are, she's my angel yeah. from heaven. I mean, she is the most incredible. She's my hero. She's an amazing person. She's a, a military, you know, spouse. She lives wow. in Hawaii. Okay. She has two kids. She's like a fitness instructor, mommy. Like she's just such a badass. badass. Yeah. She's just this like nature adventure, like earth mother goddess. Like she's just yes. amazing. Like yeah. I can literally like cry just talking about her. So I think God brings people into our lives for a certain reason. Yeah. But yeah, our family fell apart when I was young. And so I basically like that when I was 12, 13, 14, I lived on my own with my mom. She almost died of cancer. It's like a whole, I mean, it's a whole story. That had to be hard. Um, yeah. So I felt pretty solo for a long time and I didn't, I didn't think of that cause I'm Spanish, you know, like yeah. my, and European too, but like we're very family, yes, you know? Absolutely. And so I didn't feel alone, but yeah. looking back, I'm like, damn, like I really, it's kind of how to go at it alone and Definitely. be like very mature at yeah. a very young age. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, going through those experiences at such a young age, you know, your biological father not being there, it's fucking terrible. Any man uh, on the face of the planet that does something like that yeah. fucking should burn in hell. I'm, I'm not even joking because, like I said before, life is so fragile, it's so finite, and you bring this beautiful person into this world and to not nurture and love and obviously we're human so we make mistakes but to not be a part of that yeah i mean i can't even imagine i lost my dad at 17 right Mm -hmm. but all through all the shit that you know him and i went through he was my rock right and and fortunately for you you're your pops your poppy right it was that rock and 
I am, you know, my heart does bleed for you going through something like that. And then your mom, cancer and the family splitting up. Um, All of these things happen and it's just life and we just go through it and we don't realize it when we're younger. But as we reflect back when we're older, we're like, fuck, man, how did I make it through that? And that's why for me, I'm such a big proponent for therapy, right? Right. It's like getting these things off of your chest, working through your stuff. Um, Because when you're speaking to your husband, your brother, your sister, this person, that person, they're very biased, right? They have a one-sided view on things, even if they say that they don't. Like, it's just the way it is. It's life. And, uh, you know, being able to work through that and even coming on here talking to me, you know, it's, it is good. It's important to get this shit off your chest. So instead of filling up that bin, let it out, let it out, let it out. And maybe uh, the people around me say I talk too much about my feelings, but you know, it, I'm, I'm joking. But you know, when you said that you're sensitive, I'm fucking sensitive. I wear my heart on my yeah. sleeve, so I know what that's like, right? And going through trauma when you're younger. Looking back as an adult now, what do you think? Uh, what role did that play into being the person that you are today? Well, it's funny that you say that because, I mean, it's everything, especially at the point I'm in in my life where I am putting in the work to like heal those broken wounds and all these things. Um, You know, now it's just more working on like forgiveness and realizing that like as painful as it was and it completely made me who I am because I know who he is, my biological father, but he just rejected me. And um, it was weird too because his mom was like, you know, you have to, you have to be there for her. And he's just like, nah, but she made it happen, you know? And so like, I remember I'd have to go visit on the weekends and it was just horrible because I don't know who they are. And I hated being away from who I felt was my family. And it was just, I was so young and like some very horrible things happened like during that time to me. And like, I mean, not to get like super deep, but, um, it was really bad. You know, it was really, really bad. And like through that, I mean, I, I was, hurt in a lot of ways but it more so was like it planted that seed in me that like I need that acceptance you know what I mean and I have to be perfect and I have to be great and I have to do well that's why I got straight A's in school and I you know and even like in the hair industry like I was unstoppable because I just had this thing inside me that was like maybe and it's hilarious because I, I just think like okay maybe if I do this then he'll love me which is like a subconscious thought. Of course, thought, of you course, know? of course, of course. I get it. And it's hilarious, Brock, because my biological father, can okay, you ready to laugh? <laughs> so his dream in life, like how my dream was to be a hairdresser, which yes. I didn't know, but um, came to find out. Yes. His dream was to be a luchador. What is that? Like a lucha libre okay, re- really? Mexican wrestler. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I swear. Oh my. I swear. <laughs> And it's hilarious because you know what? That's why me being an adult, I realize now that it's like, we're all fucked up. You know what I mean? And we all just inherit the problems that we had. And I remember for my 12th birthday or 11th birthday, he gave me a gift, which I was like, whoa, because he's never given me a present before. And it was an autographed picture of him in his luchador mask, right? It was so bad, dude. And then he gave me his mask, which was like a pumpkin mask that he wore in the ring when he's wrestling. And then like pictures of his fans like coming up to him and stuff. And I was like, first of all, this is the worst birthday gift an 11 year old girl can get, okay? But secondly, it's like looking back, it's it's weird because I lived my life wanting his acceptance. And 
he was kind of doing the same thing of where he's course. like, maybe if she sees like all these fans I have and stuff, like she'll want to love me and she'll want to be, cause I fucking hated wrestling. Like when I was little, he tried to make me watch videos and I'm like, this is stupid <laughs> yeah. and fake and I hate yeah, it. And yeah, it was yeah, like, it was stupid, hurtful, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we just had this like tumultuous, like crazy relationship, but it's just interesting looking back as an adult Absolutely. and realizing like I, I was in so much pain for so long, but I've had such an amazing, wonderful, beautiful life. And that's what these podcasts have really like made yeah, me see, you know, that I'm important. like, you know what? She's kind of cool. And yes. She has a cool story yes. as yes. opposed to seeing your perspective of it. It's like of painful, yeah, you know? It's so true. And I'm like, I don't think I would have done those things or I would have been the person that I am no. if I wasn't striving for love and acceptance. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's totally, totally made you the person that you are today. First off, he's a narcissist. That's, I mean, (laughs) that's just from the outside, right? Not to talk shit. I'm just joking, but, um, but, but that is crazy, right? That you're crazy. (laughs) That that to think though, even from the outside and you being so introspective that you were fiending for acceptance, he was fiending for acceptance, right? Um, but then as an adult, you have been able to take that pain and that hurt and propel you to the front and push you and drive you and give you this motivation that you have today. And it turns into gratitude, which is crazy. It does. does. (laughs) Have you been able, um, if you don't mind me asking, have you been able to forgive him? Um, I mean, it's part of what I'm working on right now. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I definitely have had those moments where, you know, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I just call him? And, you know, I don't, I don't speak to him anymore. I haven't spoken to him in many, many, many years at this point, but I know that those wounds are still there. So I'm like, man, I'm sure it would feel amazing just to like, you know, have a conversation and I don't know. I think it'll happen someday, but it's just, it's like going to the gym. (laughs) That first step in there, you're like, Oh, I don't want to go, but like, you know, you need to, and it'll be easy once you get there. But, but it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so true. And you know, forgiveness doesn't even mean that you have to talk to him and forgive him. Forgiveness is something that happens on the inside. Yeah. And I understand that because growing up, um, my father used to beat the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. He was an alcoholic, you know, and, uh, he was, he was flawed in many, many, many ways. And I didn't realize that for so long because I always put him on this pedestal, right? Because he passed, right? But recently, the past six months, I've realized like, no, you know, he is a human. He is flawed. And it built up all this anger and resentment. And I fucking hated him for so long. And then recently, I've been able to look at it from the outside and went, well, you know, this man, you know, lost his dad at a young age. He served in the Vietnam War, had major PTSD, couldn't talk about his feelings, couldn't share it. So then all of these things, right, it exploded into this, right? Now, does that make him a bad person? No, he's a flawed person. Um, Is he on that pedestal? No, not anymore. But I forgive him for the actions that he has done. And it takes time, you know, and everyone's story is different. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that. (laughs) Uh, So then we're going to kind of dial it back again, right? Um, And and, uh, I I don't mean to push away from your father, right? But I think it's, uh, you know, important. You say your things, you get it, and then you have to move on, right? Um, But thank you. I do. I appreciate it. Seriously. Um, so I want to touch back on your mom, right? Your mom at 12 years old, she got diagnosed with cancer or you 13. Oh God. Actually it was, yeah, I guess it was 12. I, you know, honestly at that time I, my, my mom and I are obviously extremely close because yeah. it was just the two of us for a long time. Um, and so we're very connected and I was in, God, I want to say fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. And my mom was sick 
And I was like, we we're going to school and we walked, me and my sister walked to school and I just was like, I, I can't go. Like something's wrong with mom and I'm scared and I don't want to leave her. And she was scared because she knew something was wrong. So she was trying to get us out the door. And, you know, we went to school and I was crying. And then that day my mom um, got really sick and she passed out and she threw up like two thirds of the blood in her body, which oh gave God. her a chemical imbalance yeah. in her brain. Um, but we, what we didn't know is that she had a tumor in her esophagus and it was growing into her stomach. So she was like practically choking on like a tumor. It was, yeah. it was just crazy. Um, and she got misdiagnosed a lot. And so it was such a whirlwind and my, my whole like childhood, my mom always kept things for me, like to keep me safe, yeah. which was horrible because yes, then I just is. was so confused. <laughs> I just it didn't is. understand anything. And so I got massive, massive separation anxiety from my mom. Okay. And um, yeah, so it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and like to this day, I still struggle with anxiety, like very, very, very badly. And it comes and goes like, sure. um, you know, for years it was gone and came back, whatever. But you know, when you're in fourth grade, you don't know what no, separation anxiety not at is. All. Not <laughs> yeah. at all. Not, not at all. Yeah. And, and you know, your mom holding stuff from you. I, I don't think it was ever out of, you know, oh, yeah. it was the only for thing sure. that helped. But, you know, as parents, right, um, in, in the world and just, you know, we both have parents. Obviously, we're yeah, here, right, yeah, regardless yeah. if they're here or not, yeah. right? Um, it's important to be open with your children. Obviously, there's certain things at a certain age that you have to, you know, guide it, right? And, um, but holding things back, I remember my parents would do that a lot as well. And it's hard. It's hard, especially like if you know that they're lying too. Yeah. Um, it's even more difficult. But there is something about your mom that when you talk about her, there's two people that I saw, your mom and your pops, right? Yeah. That you light up about. Oh. <laughs> what what is it about the two of them that uh that gives you that feeling? Are you gonna make me cry? <laughs> That's <laughs> my job. Yes. That's my job. Um you know what? It's just that, that unconditional love. Like yeah. you're saying, like we're all fucked up. We all have issues. We all have gone through stuff in our childhood and yeah. blah, blah. That's like why I don't want to have kids. <laughs> I get it. But um, at the end of the day, just the relationship that I had with my pop, the relationship that I had with my mom, you know, my pop was ultimate unconditional love. Yeah. And I mean, there's just nothing, it's just completely incomparable to anything else in the world. I mean, especially as an adult, like I just see how much love he had for me. It was just crazy. Technically he never had kids of his own. So he married my Grammy because she was a, she was a cougar yeah. she was <laughs> and a he catch. was a young, a young sexy thing. Yes. And so she was like, hi. <laughs> so she already had my mom um, at that point. So I don't know if it's because he never had kids. And then I came along and he just felt that way with me, wow. but there was just such an unbelievable, perfect, pure, beautiful love there that I, I maybe it was so extreme from what I did have with my biological father yeah. that it just was like, oh, it was yeah. amazing. And I just miss him so much. And uh, that's what I feel like sometimes God, like we can only handle so much perfection. We can only handle so much pain and we can only handle so much perfection. And like, he was so perfect and wonderful and loving and funny. And, and he was crazy. He was, you know, he had problems with alcoholism and I mean, he, He's he was human. from New York and he yes. was a ball buster and he was yeah. crazy. Um, but our relationship, he was so just unconditional loving with me. Like I just could do no wrong, you know? And it was weird because it's almost, I mean, how I feel the way that God loves us. It's very gentle. And it's like, you know, it's not like I was a spoiled brat. It was more like, because the love that he showed me, it made me want to be a better girl (laughs) back then. And it's like, that's what I find in my faith. And that's why my faith is so important to me. 
And then my mom's relationship, we've just gone through so much together. You know, like we have these little tattoos on our That's arm, so these like cool. linked hearts that are like matching. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I've, we only had each other. And so through a lot of ups and downs and horrible things, we've, she's been there for me no matter what, but there's definitely been times, many, many times where she's like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that you're here for me. And the uh, things that you said to me really helped me. And it's yes. like, I'm her therapist. She's my therapist, which maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's no, no, right. It's it's I don't know. But it's important. Yeah. We, it was weird. Cause we went through that. Like she wouldn't tell me anything and she tried to like protect me yes. and hide things from me. And then it kind of just jumped into like, okay, well here's everything then. So yes. it didn't grow into that friendship or like that, you know, maturity. It just kind of leaped. So it was pretty hard, wow. <laughs> but now we're just in a really good place and that's we, good. you know, we're, we've matured together and we've really helped each other a lot to like accept it. the crazy things that come in life. And, and she just has the biggest heart, you know, she has a lot of problems and she has some mental illness problems as well. Um, especially from her cancer, like yeah. throwing up all that blood, it like gave her a chemical imbalance yeah. Yeah. and she had a really horrible childhood too. Um, but despite all that, she's such a loving person. I mean, she went to India for three months just by herself and just was like freaking mother wow. Teresa saying it over there. Like, Are just like serious? loving on people and like, yeah, I mean, she's amazing. And she's the one who brought God into my life. And like, I just love her for that. We, we share that in common, you know? What, what is it, um, about God and religion? What, you know, I, I mean, we live in a day and age where you do have a choice, right? Um, you have a choice to sit here and talk on the podcast. You have a choice to have your dog hump your arm. Um, <laughs> so cute. Um, no, but you, you have a choice. Unlike in the past where things were definitely uh, one-sided, right? Um, for you, you keep on talking about God and religion. I love that, right? Yeah. I Myself, I'm not, I'm not religious, right? I consider myself Jewish, but culturally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I appreciate the shit out of people that um, that have this connection, right? That have this connection with God. Um, compared to three, four years ago, when someone would say the name God, I would get like annoyed, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like my thing, yeah. um, and that's just because I was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, for all of us, our story is our story, and as long as you're an inherently you know good person, even we make good people make bad decisions, right? Yeah. But um, that's the beautiful thing that I, I continually hear when people go on the podcast and God is, um, you know, a big part of their life. It's, they understand both sides and I'm not saying everyone yeah. that's religious sees that, right. Yeah. But especially the people that come on the podcast. So what got you to, you know, speak so highly about God and when was it for you? So, yeah, well, the, the thing is too, is like, I'm just really, really, really lucky because I grew my faith in a church that is not religious. I love that. So I always try to explain to people, it's like, you know, I just say it's like real talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. super honest and super like open about like how we believe and what we believe. And we definitely don't believe in religion. And like, I we know that. all the problems that have come along in the misconceptions and like, you know, quote unquote Christians that have like destroyed, yes. you know, what the relationship that God like had intended for it to be or that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I, I really don't like to push my faith on other people, but it's just inevitable that it's like no, part can't. of my testimony and who yes. I am. And it's like, you know, it's funny because I have this tattoo on my arm. It says it's in Greek and it says proskineo. Okay. And it's the word worship in Greek. And there's like six different ways the word worship's written in the Bible and they all have like kind of different meanings. Yes. But this one means to just like, basically God will meet you right where you are. 
And that's just the truth about it for me is that you don't have to be holier than thou. And religion is like these principles and these things that you have to do. And what I have is just a very, very intimate relationship with who I feel is my creator and my, my God. And whenever I am kind of like, building and growing on that relationship just like with anything else if you nurture that relationship it's going to grow and it's going to get stronger and be better yeah so anyways that's just i love that you know how it is for me that especially what i've gone through recently like yeah. it's always the consistent in my life you know what i mean it's always like the steady thing that keeps me going um and it's funny because my first mentor ever i talked to him for years like on and off you know and he's like danny you always call me when things are like amazing and going good and you're like going to church and you're reading your Bible and you're like, have that intimate relationship with God. And then you like, just like with everything else and everyone else, you know, you like get comfortable and then you just let those things like kind of fall away. And then I become a complete disaster. (laughs) And then you call me and you're crying and you're a mess. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God, to get it together. Like stay consistent with it. You know, it's, it's structure. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, like I was sharing before the podcast, like I'm, I'm, I have manic bipolar disorder. Right. So if I don't have structure in my life, I fall apart. And that goes with anything in your life, anything from religion to finances to your job to this, that, and the other. And it's like when we start to get comfortable, right? Because we were talking about uncomfortable before. Well, when you start to get comfortable, things start to slide off. Anything from relationships, religion, finances, we always want to be on that edge and not have that anxiety feeling, even though sometimes a little bit's okay, but not a lot, all right, obviously. Um, but we can't control that at all times. But when you speak about your religion, you're not pushing it. You never did. It was always from your story, your point of view. Yeah. And I, I do have a question, though. Um, in, in in your church, right, uh, you said it's different. We don't look at it as religion. Um what is their belief on evolution? Um, because in society we have this kind of debate, right? Yeah. Um, and whatever the answer is, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I mean, I'm not a theologian, so yes. I definitely, you know, I, I don't have like a specific answer for like, you know, we, we have like uh, classes that explain like exactly, yeah. you know, called like discovering water of life and we like explain those types of things um so if you do have those like specific questions like what their answers would be but i just know for me they've given me you know like i said i grew up there so i've found peace there i found god there i found like that relationship that i can build there um basically for me there's just been times where i've just been extremely broken and being able to be a part of that you know, a lot of people say like, you can have church in your heart, you can have this yeah. and that's hundred percent true. You know, For you're, sure. you have an intimate relationship with God, but I think he created us to be in community. Yeah. And I think that not to get like, you know, too spiritual. Cause I never talk about these types of things, honestly. I appreciate you talking about it. But I do believe that there's, you know, a spiritual world that we live in and that yeah. it's always a battle. Yes. And I think that, you know, when I, when I, I know that when I'm close with God, I have that strength about me. Yeah. And in my weakness, I think those, you know, darker spirits and things like that, um, you know, they prey on that. And so for me, it's just, I have to keep that relationship going strong, you know, because that, that, those, that darkness, it wants you to isolate, you know what I mean? It wants you to be away from, from hearing his word and his love. And like, you know, it's hard because a lot of people have used those terms like his word and Christianity and like, they've just screwed it up a lot. Yes. But if you truly know, like just strip it down to the bare bones of it. It's like, 
okay, it's really simple. It's like, God's just like really in love with us and he's a just God. So that's, you know, he does give us our humanity, which is sucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we're going to make bad choices and we're going to be hurtful and we're going to get hurt and all these things. But if for me, if I keep that constant relationship with him, I can always build me up and I can, I can, you know, I have someone else I can lean on and trust and and his will for my life that I I don't have to, you know, I respect it. I respect the crap out of it because (laughs) you're looking at it from the point of view that I, it's what attracts me most. Right. It's like not all the other bullshit, the hoo-ha, right. It's, it's that relationship that you have that allows you to, um, evolve and change and grow as an individual and and know that we are weak, know that we are strong yeah. and everything in between. And so um, I appreciate it and I respect it. Um, and to kind of dial it back again, it's like, you know, we were talking about, you know, your upbringing, your dad, your mom, uh, your pops, right? All, all of these things that have played such a vital role into who you are today. Um they say that the first eight years of your life is some of the most important times of your life because we're, we're a sponge, right? Yeah. And I, you, I can believe that, sure, yes, no, but me, my 30s have been the biggest growing time of my oh, yeah. entire life, right? So I don't know if I personally believe that, but I think that if you're constantly growing, evolving, um, taking things from your past um, and being able to look at it from an outside perspective, it's it's important. And everything that you've said, you've been, one thing that I see is that you're very introspective, right? You look inside a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I can relate to that <laughs> so much. Um, and I, and I, and I, uh, and, and I love that. Um, I do want to talk about the time before you got into hair school, right? Okay. Uh, what was going on in your life? Because you had moved out of your house. You were going to school, correct? Am I mm-hmm. right at this point? Um, what was life like back then for you? Oh, my God. That was a long time ago. I know. It's all right. It's <laughs> I'm all right. like, I got to yeah. really, like, flip the pages back. Yeah. Um, I don't – honestly, I don't know. That's the thing is I've always been super determined, so I've had, like – 32 jobs in my life before, yes. like not including anything hair related. Holy so shit. like I worked at Zoomies, I worked for Active. I like, I mean, there are just so many jobs that I had that was like, I was like, I'll just get another one if I don't like what I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, you know, yes. I worked at Starbucks. I was a server, like all these different things. Um, so I guess that's probably why I have like a little bit, I'm a little bit more open because it's like, I've had a lot of different experiences yes. and I've met so many different types of people and um, it's been a blessing because now in what I do, it's easy to relate to those yeah. broad spectrum yes. of people. Yeah, 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 it's so true. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, I mean, I was just figuring it out like everybody else, you know what I mean? But I was very independent. Um, it's weird how you said like we're two different people. Um, even back then, it's like I was so determined and I was still on this path that I wanted to do right and do good. And I remember even at Starbucks, like I used to work at Starbucks in the drive-thru and I was like, amazing at it. I was like an octopus. I had like 12 arms that I was like making drinks and taking orders and did it at like, I was just the best ever. And not to be cocky, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I mean, it was kind of my thing. Um, and I loved it, but I remember like, you know, like a mom would come up to the window and the drive through and she'd be like, holding back tears in her eyes and her kids are crying and she's like oh my god like I cannot find my wallet I'm freaking out and people are honking and I'm just like 
oh my god girl like don't even worry about it. i got yeah. you here just take yes. it which is like obviously not legal yeah. like yeah. i should have been doing it yes, <laughs> but this was a very long time ago and things were different but you know i just that's where my heart was i just am a giver and i learned that from my mom and from my faith and like that's just who i am at the core of me and so like I've been that way where it's like I study and I love learning and I love growing and I love helping people. And then at that time there was another side of me that was just like, you know, the kid. So I was out and drinking and socializing and partying like crazy, like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I never did anything like, you know, I never did any drugs or anything like that, but drinking has always been like, that's my jam. That was your thing. That was your thing. That was my thing. Do you, you know, you were saying all of these things, right, um, about who you are as a person, you know, caring, giving, um, fucking octopus at Starbucks. (laughs) When that mom comes up and is crying, being able to relate with that person and not push them to the side, I think it's so important as a society to pick other people up. We tend to push people down. Yeah. And it's, we're all fucking so similar it's insane every single person that's come on this podcast those two people that i always talk about right that second person that person on the inside is so similar but we allow that first person to steer the ship right right and you know for you being being you know younger right um getting into drinking and partying uh when did you it's it's good (laughs) times right (laughs) when did you um you know because we talked about it when did you see that starting to become an issue oh my god well um you know it's interesting because i had that separation anxiety with my mom when i was so young yeah and she's just looking back it's like damn she went through a lot of hard stuff in her life like practically being a single mom, you know, her husband, my stepdad was in the military and she had me and my sister and my brother. And like, we lived in the middle of nowhere and it just like, damn, like she had it hard. You don't realize at the time, but she just made our lives like so good. Like she did little surprises for us and she would make us like, you know, we used to snow out there and we would come home and there would be like yummy, delicious food. And like, I don't know, she just did her very, very best to just like make us happy. And that's where I got that heart from was seeing her. Like if she saw a homeless person, Oh, she's got to pull over. Like, we're like, mom, like, come on, you know? But she's like, well, they need love yes. too, you know? Yes. And she's also like OCD and psychotic in other yes. ways. And our house had to be like insanely clean. And like, you know, so we all have our good and our bad. And I definitely am like my mother's daughter. So I, I, love that. I mean, yeah, my mother's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have both those parts of me where I'm crazy and impatient and a perfectionist and like OCD. And then the other parts where I'm like loving. And I think that, never understanding or dealing with that separation anxiety. It was like between like the whole missing from my biological father, my mom kind of like disappearing act when she got sick. I mean, obviously she survived and she's here today, which is incredible. It's an absolute miracle. But, um, I just was so young when going through so many very intense things and never like, I didn't have a therapist, you know, like, and it's like, I didn't understand or, process any of that. So when I was, you know, 15, I think, um, we were going out to party with like some friends and I was like, Oh my God, like so cool. We're going to a party. And I always had, because I, you know, I graduated high school when I was 17. I started kindergarten when I was four. So I was always the younger person and I always had older friends. So even though I was like only 15, you know, my friends were like 17, 18 or whatever. Yeah. 
and they were all in bands. Like I said, I like worked for active. Like I've been working since I was like 14, you know? And so like in the skater world, I was like an emo chick. (laughs) We all were back in the day. Um, and so yeah, all my friends were like in bands and there was a party house called the Pearl. Okay. And like one of the bands that was like their hangout. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to the Pearl for the first time. Yes. Yes. But first we were stopping at a friend's house to like what is now known as pre-gaming. Like back then I didn't even know that was a thing. Of course. And I just remember my guy that I was hanging out with at the time was like, oh, do you want a drink? Like didn't think anything of it. And I was like, okay. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And he poured me, it was like vanilla or it was like rum and vanilla Coke. And I had never yeah. had vanilla Coke before. And I was like, this is scrumptious. It's so delicious. And it was like a huge, like 32 oh, gallon, shit. like from the like liquor store, like cup that yeah. our friend had. And so I'm drinking it and I'm just like, this is awesome. Like I had no idea. And by the time we got to the Pearl, all I remember is like sitting on the edge of the curb. And I was like, I need something to drink, yes. like water. Cause yes. I was dying. And he brings me like a teacup and a saucer. And I was like, okay, thank God. Like, I don't even know what was happening. And I just drink this teacup and it's just straight like whiskey. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, and so no. it was horrible. And oh, I like, no. you know, we went to my girlfriend's house and I was like puking my guts out and she was just like, oh shit. Like she didn't want her mom to find out, yes. you know? And obviously it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And the next day I was just like, that was awesome. Yeah, you know course, what I mean? Course. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But at the time I'm just like, that was so fun. Yeah. And so from then on, it was just like drinking and, you know, I never stopped. I loved just that escape of it. Like yeah. I didn't understand, like I had to be perfect, you know, maybe my dad would love me, but it's like, yes. I had to be perfect. So I had to get straight A's and I had to look perfect. And I was the first, you know, grandchild was the first child ever born, like in my family. And I was a girl obviously. Yeah. And so I was this princess that they held on a pedestal. So everybody was like, Oh my God, the princess is that. So I definitely grew up with like a lot of that shit. <laughs> yes. And so I felt like I just had to be perfect and it's you know, hard. it's hard for girls it's hard. anyways. It's hard. It is. So it was like such an awesome escape to like drink and have fun and like not think about it. Detached, and I yeah. always had that side of me that like did good. Like I said, I never did drugs. Like I never yes. did anything crazy. So I felt like it was okay. Like I'm still going to work on time and I'm still like, you know, doing the things I have to do and paying my bills and whatever. And so it's just like, I thought it was okay for like a really long time. Um, and honestly, not until I was an adult. Yeah, that's hard. That I think like, I realized that I was like, oh shit, this is like, I mean, you know, this is my medication Yeah, it's hard. and I'm not dealing no. with it. No. It's with hard. It's, it's I was hard. like sober for six weeks after my pop died because, um, you know, I, I didn't do well after he died. Um, so I basically, it's, it's crazy because like I, my faith was so strong then it always has been like, I mean, I, I like walk away and I come back and I walk away and come back. It's like how we do. But like at that time it was really, you know, I was struggling and I had had a panic attack, my first like panic attack at work. And I was a server in a restaurant and I didn't know what that was. And it was so weird. Like my pop was dying and everyone knew that we were closer than anybody else. And they were like, okay, like you have to make sure that pop like goes to heaven, you know? So like talk to him. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like no pressure, just like his eternal soul. And it wasn't like that. My actually to this day right now, I'm reading his devotional and it's just that relationship that we have with God. It's not, it's not that religious bullshit. You know what I mean? And so I didn't need to, and and nobody needs to talk to me about it. Nobody can talk to him about it. We have our own relationship with God, you know? And we get that, but nobody else got that. And so like, 
they were putting all this pressure on me. And I just, Fuck. I couldn't understand that he was actually dying. He died of liver disease because he was an alcoholic for a long time. And he had his Whoa. spouts where he would quit and he would drink and this and that. Yeah. And, but ultimately, you know, it got, got him. And um, I just couldn't believe this was actually happening, you know? And then all this pressure to like do something. I'm like, save him almost. And I'm just like, I can't even believe he's leaving me. And yes. I, even at the time I was like, should I have a baby? Because I want him to meet like my pop before he, or my wow. kid. I mean, I was tripping the fuck out. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't, I did not deal with it well. So I did end up going to church and just like, oh my God, like, what do I do? <laughs> what yes. do I do? You know? And that moment, like God, I was in church. It was like a Wednesday night, nighttime church thing. And God was like, um, you know, your pop's going to die um, soon. So tomorrow you have to go and say goodbye and then, um, that'll be it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I remember going up to my pastor and I was like, um, I basically got this like text from God and it's really weird. And like, what do I do? And he's like, you just have to listen to it, you know? Yes. So I did, I went to the hospital where he was and like, it was so, I was so overwhelmed with peace Yeah. and he was there. My Grammy was there and we all knew yeah. But it wasn't sad. It was just extremely just filled with like love and peace. And I just remember walking out the door and I was like, wow, like I kind of look back at him like, is this really it? Like asking God, like for reals, like I know you're telling me it is and I feel okay. And I said goodbye and like everything's fine. But it just was so weird that it was so peaceful, That's you know, because I spent like every day with him, like the last few years of his life, we spent every day together because Here's I just like, I couldn't get enough, you know? Yeah. And then I left. And then the next, like that early, that early, early that morning, he had a surgery and he never came out of it. He was a vegetable after that. And then he like just withered away and died like, I don't know, maybe like three months later. It was horrific, horrific. He was just like Fuck tied it. up to tubes and stuff like that. So it was weird because I had this like beautiful, gracious blessing of like having this beautiful, yeah. peaceful goodbye. But then after that, I was like, okay, like I already said my goodbye. I can't watch him deteriorate. So I was just drinking to blackout every single day. And then when he died, when he, this is, this is when I, this is the answer to your question. This is yeah. when I knew I had a problem, which I've never told anyone this before. So let's I talk about it on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the day that my pop technically died, right. Yeah. I was in the bathroom in the hospital and I had like a little handle of vodka and I was just like chugging the fuck out of it in the bathroom. Yeah. I was already drunk, but then I, like everyone's standing around and crying and they took the tube out and he's like breathing his last breath, but it takes some time, you know? And I was like, this is fucking sick. Like yes. I can't be yeah. here. This is nuts. This is nuts. And lot. I just like ran to the bathroom and I just was like chugging vodka. And then I came back and he had gone and I was just like, fuck, like that's so fucked up. That's so fucked up that like I missed this moment because I just couldn't deal, yeah. you know? Okay. And then every night it was like, I just drank until I black out and I wake up hungover. And then the minute I was like, okay enough to start drinking again, drink to blackout, boom, boom, boom. And I did that for like a week solid. And I got myself in a bad situation. And then I went to my Grammys and I, I had my niece, she was just born. And she was, I was holding her on my chest and my mom took a picture of us. And she just had this perfect, beautiful, innocent baby skin. Mm. And I had this fucked up. Like yeah. <laughs> hungover alcoholic skin and just like booze pouring out of my pores and like it was just so disgusting and I just was like who is that person yeah. like I don't I don't know that's who crazy. that is and that's not who God designed you to be and you're just running away from everything and yeah. you can't do that anymore no. so I got sober right then and oh I just gosh. like I saw that picture and I was just like okay done 
but I only stayed sober for six weeks, which to me was the longest I've ever been sober in my life. <laughs> huge. It's huge. It's huge. But I didn't understand like alcoholism or having a problem at that point. I thought I could do it on my own. Da, da, da. So I started drinking again. And then more recently, like last year, I ha- I was on stage and Sam Villa was in the audience and it was like this huge moment. And I was pretty drunk because yeah. <laughs> I was really nervous and I'm fine. I never got to a point where I was like making bad yes. decisions, like to some degree that was, you know, unforgivable, For but sure. it was just, I was, I realized that I was missing moments. I was missing moments that could be really beautiful and that like, I don't know, I was just missing the exit <laughs> everywhere yes. I was going because yeah. I just was drunk, yeah. you know? And so I just was afraid of that uncomfortability. So I just stayed drunk and comfortable and like got through everything yes, and so I thought spot. it was cool, but like it wasn't. No. So that, yeah. It's a realization. So I decided to quit drinking. It's a realization of all these things, all these checks, right? Yeah. One thing I want to say is like you missing, you know, seeing your grandpa pass away. You know that he knows the love and bond and relationship that you guys have, right? You know that in your heart. And so that moment, um, it's something that you personally have to work through, but from the outset, it doesn't make you a bad person, not even wrong. You're human, yeah. right? Uh, we all have to cope with um, you know, these things in our life differently, and everyone has different stories. Uh, but to be self-reflective on these points, from, from that point to the Samvia point to you know, your niece and your, uh, on your chest right, and seeing that picture, it's checks that's yeah. getting closer and closer to that goal, right? Exactly. Yeah. But you're human. You're going to go up. You're going to fuck up. You're going to yeah. go up. You're going to fuck up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. just life, right? And I do appreciate you being so open about it for the first time ever in public, right? <laughs> uh, because it's it's important and to be able to share these things and get it off your chest, you know, and one day you'll come back and you'll listen to this and maybe those parts you'll cringe a little bit. Yeah. You're like, ugh. But you'll be like, wait a minute, I know why I said that because I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And that's why I'm so open, right? I got hooked to fentanyl right after my dad passed away. I was hooked for fuck like seven years, right? Um, Smoking it and selling it. And I couldn't find a way out. The hair industry changed my whole life. It gave me purpose. It gave me a reason to stay clean. Um, But I shared just recently I fucked up, right? Um, And... That's just life, man. You have to take these things, learn, evolve, grow, yeah. um, and, and, and push through. Well, I think it goes back to what you said about like the two sides to every person, yeah. you know, because it's like my whole life I've lived that way. I've, I've had this one side of me that's pulling this direction, this one side that's pulling that direction. And, you know, maybe these things that I'm saying are offending people or maybe they're looking and they're disgusted at what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, you're But human. I definitely know that you know, I'm in a really good place now and I'm really grateful for all the times that I fucked up and like, you know, falling down and getting back up again and relying on my faith and just that's sharing your story. You know what I mean? Like we all go through it, but it's like, how did you get through it and what happened? And maybe I think, especially with social media, like a lot of people, they do see that one side of me that I'm this like hairdresser or they, you know, they think I just work in a salon or I do this or I do that or Philip Wolf's, you know, wife or whatever the case may be. But you know, as, as strong as I do try to be and as committed to my faith and trusting in my faith as I try to be or whatever as good of a person I try to be, it's like, yeah, I do have a past and we all do, you know yeah. what I mean? And it doesn't matter where you're at that you can, you can work through it and you can get through it. For me, it was by faith, but it's like whatever it is for you that you can, 
get to the other side and that you can find peace and you can grow from these things. Of course. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to hide who no. I am. No, not at all. I mean, it's like, yeah, something's maybe disgraceful, but it's not, you know. Absolutely. It's Yeah, it's nothing. You can feel shame to some degree. I mean, it helps you to grow, but it's like, that's who we are. You it know, you is. can't hide from it. Like no. everything will always come to the light. And and I found the more that I hide things or try to, it just makes me more sick. And that's the crazy thing now too about like, you know, living in sobriety. Um, my pop passed away and then, you know, I got sober and now I try my best to be sober. And I remember like going to, you know, an AA meeting and yeah. getting like a six month chip. And I just thought like, oh, I wish my pop was here so I could share this with him because he knows he's the only person that I knew in my life that would go to meetings. And, yeah. you know, he didn't really obviously talk about it because yeah. you're not supposed to. And, <laughs> but it's like, I don't feel bad about that. I feel like he would, he's the one person that would understand. Yes. You know what I mean? And makes, it makes me, it's very comforting to know that like, I think he would be proud of me. Cause a lot of times I feel like shit, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like who, who has to go to AA meetings? You can't drink, you can't deal. You can't just drink like a normal person or, you know, but we all have our shit. And for me, like that's what it is. And it it sucks, but it's like, you know what? At least I'm dealing with it and I'm trying my best like every day to do the best I can for myself and for the people that I love. And I think you'd be proud of that, you know? He would, he would, and he is, he is. I know that he's looking down. He's a part of you. He's who you are, and he is very proud. Yeah. He's very proud. Well, it's so crazy because, like, you know how Philip is so wonderful in my life, and my pop was so wonderful, and it's like, damn, like, they never met, you know? But it's like, guess you just can't have too much of a good thing. (laughs) No, you, maybe it's one pass into another, right? Um, it's that next step in your life, right? So one, sometimes when one door closes, another door should open, right? Or I mean, I hope so, right? And for you, that door closing with your pops, although you can always go back and reminisce and you know be in that moment, right? Sometimes, but there had to be another door, and so to have someone like Philip in your life, it's so important because. <laughs> um, Building these relationships, you know, I talk about my wife and talk about Philip, right? They build us up, right? In a good relationship, you build each other up. We were talking earlier about um, how your differences, right, with Philip, and I was talking about my differences with my wife, and I was sharing that, uh, you know, my wife and I um, are polar opposite, right? And for for years, right, because we've been together for 16 years, I always said that, (laughs) thanks, I always said that... uh, uh, yeah, we might be different, but we're, we're still a lot alike because we like the same thing. We like the same music. I was lying to myself. And then we've realized re- just recently that we are fucking different. We're so different. I'm outgoing. She's reserved. I'm uh, blah, 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 blah. She's strong and like this, right? And so it's like, yeah, we are different, right? But our differences allow us to push together, to push our goals and our dreams. And sometimes when you're so alike with your spouse, right, or your significant other, um, subconsciously, uh, it can be kind of a, a little bit of a struggle. So those yeah. differences was what makes us stronger. And your differences with Philip is what makes you guys stronger and so unique. And I love that. And everything that you've said, I've related to on so many fucking oh, levels. Hey. It's incredible. Um <laughs> For you, right, I want to bring it real quick, not real quick, I want to bring it back to back to the story where we started when you were talking about getting into cosmetology school. Yeah. 
after you got into Cosmo school, what happened? Like you graduated and then what happened next? You've been in for 13 years. You know, my story is like, oh, you have a piece of paper yes, for me to like yeah, draw yeah, you a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> just like bits and pieces. It's so complicated. Um, to try to put it in a nutshell. So I actually, so I went and took that makeup class um, yes. at my college and the teacher was like, so excited because that's like an elective that you just take or the drama kids take it or whatever. It's kind of meaningless, but not to her. You know what I mean? It's her class. And so I walked in and I was like, this class will determine the rest of my life. So let's do this, you know? (laughs) And she was just like, Oh my God, it's somebody who like is taking this seriously. Like that never happens. And so, um, she just took me under her wing a hundred percent. And so she taught me everything. I mean, she definitely saw the, my abilities. And I think for me, makeup is not, so much of a passion it's more like a very good outlet for my OCD (laughs) it It is like an artistic expression (laughs) and it's like me time but it's like I am obsessed with that symmetry and that blending and this like you know just different things like that and so I think even though in the beginning obviously I sucked but she could still see that that was like (laughs) a part of it and I definitely have that eye that you can't really teach so I think she's like okay cool even though she sucks right now she's got it like you can teach her it's that eye and so yeah, she just took me under her wing and she taught me everything. And so I basically just like dubbed myself a makeup artist after yeah. that. Because <laughs> she would take me to events and stuff. It wasn't just the class, you mm-hmm. know, like she was, you know, kind of mentoring me. And so, um, yeah, I just, those were the MySpace days. Yes, my <laughs> fuck, man, that's so long ago. Dude, I'm telling you, it's been in it for a minute. Shit. And so um, I was like making my MySpace and I was like, da-da-da, occupation makeup artist. Or yes. I don't even remember how yeah. they had it. And I put all my pictures from school and like the events and stuff on there. And they were horrible. But at the time I was like, these are amazing. Especially my special effects makeup. Like that was sick, you know? Fuck yeah. Because that's what she taught me the most about. Like the beauty stuff, I still needed to practice with that. Um, But I've always loved makeup and I always did my own makeup. So I had some idea. Good job. But you know, it's your tools Mm -hmm. and like all these things I didn't realize at the time. So some guy... His name's John Ryan. He's from LA. He's a photographer. He found me on MySpace and he's wow. like, oh my gosh, Miss Danny Tiger. Cause like, you know how you could have your phrase or whatever, yeah, the quotation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I was like, you know, this was in high school. Remember like I had just graduated That's high school. So I was nice. like 17 and my girlfriends and I, you know, used to pass notes in class mm-hmm. and she's like, I'll peck you like a penguin. And I was like, I'll scratch you like a tiger. I don't know what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> it was just girl, stupid chitter chatter, yeah. high school girl chatter. So when we were making our MySpaces, that's what we put on our title. Danny Tiger. And oh. so he read that. I don't know or whatever. And he was oh, like, hi, Danny Tiger. Shut <laughs> up. That's how you got that name? I thought that was your last name. Oh, I've gone by it for 13 years. Ever. I know, I know. You got Danny Tiger and Philip Wolf. Like, I know. What the fuck? Well, Sorry. Like, like I said, I don't know my dad. So yes. it's like, I yeah. hate going by that name. And he yeah. actually has the exact same name as me. So my name is Danielle and his name's Daniel. And so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, we have the same last name and, I hate that. So I'm like, I'm just going to be me. I'm Danny Tiger. Like it's created my own situation. But it was so funny because this, this guy was like, oh my gosh, Danny Tiger, like you're an amazing makeup artist. I'm shooting in LA at heroin salon. Oh shit. And, um, I need a makeup artist. And I was like, oh, I've got you. I had never done this before (laughs) in my life. I had no idea what I was doing. I brought like my caboodle tackle box kit thing. I don't even think it was a caboodle. I think it was a tackle box like from Walmart. (laughs) And I had like cover girl makeup and then I had all special effects Ben Eye theater like heavy ass makeup and I remember the hairdresser was so awful like on that shoot it he wasn't from heroin it was just like another friend and he's like you don't even have mac makeup like 
Oh my Shut God. How up. did you even get this job? And it was, of course, it wasn't paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bougie. And I was just like, oh, well, um, blah, blah, blah. And I'd like to do it more natural. And I just like made up some like excuse of yes. why I use what I use. And it was amazing. I just, it, I was like just natural for me. Yeah. I loved it. It was, was so zone. fun. I was in the zone. Yeah. I was so happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then he was super plugged in because he was working with Steve Aoki. Uh, and he's like, oh, we're doing this music video tomorrow. The makeup artist can't make up. Like, can you come? I was like, oh my God, let me check my schedule. I'm really busy, which I was like, oh my God, no. like, let me just try to breathe because yes. I can't believe this yes. is happening. And I show up at this warehouse and this, and it was crazy because I, I brought my little tackle box of makeup and the director was like this guy, I think his name was Reg B or something. He was from like England or whatever. And he's like, oh, hello, you know, hair makeup right this way, let's go. Yeah. And I was like, uh, well, like hair for makeup and I don't do hair, but I'm not going to let him know that. Yes. So I was like, okay. And so I started talking to the wardrobe gal and we just were vibing and it just it, it was worked. worked perfectly. Shut up. I had absolutely zero fear, zero anxiety. Like Fuck yes. I just fit in perfectly there. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. That's so cool. And so from then on, like I met um Steve Aoki and I yeah. worked for Dimac and I, you know, that was our job. Shut was like up. Tuesday night, Dimac club night. No and way. Like, yeah. Like I would meet Kid Cuddy or, you know, the Black Eyed Peas, like all these random people. And everybody's like getting fucked up and drinking and like trying to get laid. Yeah. And I'm just like trying to pass out my card that yes. I made at Best Buy. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm like, does anybody want to shoot because I was <laughs> obsessed I was obsessed it was like my new drug yeah. you know what I mean I would drink here and there of course don't get me wrong but like the the drinking came nowhere close to like the high that I got from my art that That's I it. did and the work that I did yeah. and I mean it wasn't all good like I I remember being on a on a set for Dimac magazine one time and he had a magazine for like five minutes and this model was so trashy and her hair was so dirty like I couldn't do it. I didn't have the skills at the time to know like what yeah. the hell to do. Yeah. And I called my mentor and I'm crying and I'm just like, what do I do? I'm fucking up. Like the director's like, she looks like shit. And <laughs> her face was all like dry and patchy. And I was just like, oh my God. And he's like, you know what to do. Like it's inside of you. You know what to do. Cause he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I know that she has it inside of her. Yeah. So he just like believed in me. And I was just like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> And I went in there and I just like crushed it. It's all, Shut you know, up. learning experience. And the head, it's a learning experience. The head, wow. Yeah, you have to go through that stuff, you know, of yeah. like, oh my God, this is the worst day ever. And if you can like pull yourself together and get through it and just have the confidence in yourself, then the director's like, oh, she's super For cool. Sure. Like, Absolutely. let's have her on this other shoot yes. or whatever. And so I started in the freelance industry. Shut up, that's so And funny. then, yeah, and then people were like, oh, we heard you do hair and makeup. And I had like, you know, my boyfriend was in a band and he had like the long emo bangs and I would like razor cut them. And like, you know, my friend had a mohawk. I would like carve something on the side of his mohawk. Like I just did you just it, did you know it. what it I mean? You. yeah. And I'm actually a fourth generation hairdresser. And uh, so, but see, I didn't know that because I didn't know my dad. <laughs> yes, yes. So his dad um, was a barber. And like to this day, he still is. I mean, he's, almost passing away now, but like he still has his pompadour. Like he still thinks he can cut hair. Like <laughs> he is barber till the day he dies. And my Grammy, the one I have tattooed, yeah. she would do like the updos and the yes. finger waves and stuff for everyone. Like all every Sunday, everyone would come over, give her a dollar. She'd do the beehives. Like, oh. you know, so it's definitely in my blood. Of course it is. But people were like, Oh, I heard you do hair. Like, can you cut my hair? And I was like, yeah. 
But then I'm like, okay, I better get my license in case I, just in case I ever want to go like the salon route. So I really came like from a backwards space. Yeah, that definitely did. That's amazing. Going into hair school was like, I already knew how to cut hair like from having that eye, but I didn't have the foundation of like ABCs of cutting. Like I didn't have that. And it was way harder to like learn that way, (laughs) you know, to like unbreak habits that I had made. Of course. But I also had something that nobody else had in my school. Connections, man, network. And the network and also just the experience already and touching different types of hair and working with different types of hair and, and having those experiences of like, you know, having to create this look and with this type of texture, just these different things that people didn't have. So they kind of left me alone in school. So I didn't learn anything in school as we all don't. (laughs) Yes. No, you learn to pass state board. That's it. And then I'm just really, you know, I always have gone after what I want. So I just, I, you know, would search out those mentors or those people that I, you know, admired their work ethic or their arts or their talents, whatever. I'm like the guy, you know, from Sassoon or Philip or whatever. I'm just like, hi, I need to know you teach me. What can, what can we do? Like, I remember when I was younger, I would go to like wherever I would move because I was like a gypsy when I was younger. <laughs> so I'd be like in Silver Lake and I'd go to every single hair salon in Silver Lake and be like, do you need a manager? Do you need a receptionist? Do you need an assistant? Do you need like a cleaning lady? Like whatever it was because I just always had to have my hands in hair. I always had my foot in the door. I always had to stay connected like yeah. to some degree, um, which is weird. So I did a lot of like salon management and things like that. Then I became an educator. That's a whole nother story. And then now I'm an artist manager. So Dude, <laughs> just that, to jump from thing to that, thing. That, that, is, <laughs> that is nuts. And one thing that you continually say in your story is this drive, this push, this fucking just go out, ask questions, put yourself in front of these people. Yeah. People trying to come up in the industry, any industry, but let's just say the hair industry right now, when you're going to cosmetology school, I mean, we know the percentages are so fucking low that actually turn it into a career, a lifelong career, right? It's just, it's terrible. What would you say if you were in front of students right now, that one thing that can help you kind of get to that next level? Ooh, I, well, I would say it's definitely more than one thing. Yep. (laughs) One thing. Um, I'm fishing for an answer. So I know. Well, I don't know. I guess the fact that it's not just. To, to sum it up really yeah. is, is like, it's not just your technical abilities. Yes. That's like 3% of like yes. what, like what your success would, could be in this yeah. industry. Um, like you said, it's putting yourself out there. Yeah. I remember a piece of advice that my mentor gave to me a long time ago is like, I would bitch and complain and cry like, oh my God, how come everybody else is getting these roles or these hair, you know, um, gigs and stuff and yeah. they suck and I'm so much better and I don't get it. And he's like, Cause nobody knows you exist. Like they don't know you're out there. You have to go and tell people who you are and yeah. how, I mean, back then we didn't have social media, so no, it's different, no, but, it's still. <laughs> but he's like, you know, they're only not hiring you because they don't know you. That's yeah. the only reason you got to go out there and do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what I did. So getting yourself out there, you know, creating those opportunities for yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think a huge thing too is putting in your time and yeah. like learning that experience because I think nowadays everyone's so instant gratification. They're just yeah. like, I watched a YouTube tutorial and I can do it. And But again, it's not just the technical thing. It's not. When you have that experience, you learn humility. Yeah. You learn to shut your mouth. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's something that Philip honestly had to teach me because I – I am so driven and such a go-getter that I'm just like, why don't people like me? Like, cause I was on a set and, you know, as a creative director and everybody hated me on the set. (laughs) And I was like, why? 
And he's just like, you're just, you got to slow down. Yeah. You know, you got to learn to listen to people more. And that was years into my career. You think I would have learned it by now. Yeah. So, but you're, you're, you're open enough to realize it, talk about it and then work on it. Um, to dial back though, what you said about putting yourself out there, right? That is so important. The technical skill is such a small part of it. And in a lot of jobs, it's, that's what it is because there's so many people that can do the job, right? Yeah. What differentiates a person to same skill, maybe even someone have a little bit less, right? But that person has a little bit less technical skill is way farther ahead yeah. than that other individual. It's because they put themselves out there. They yeah. ask questions. For, for me, you know, uh, I didn't wait till I was done with cosmetology school to get into a salon. I already okay. started talking to salons. I already yeah. started opening that conversation, opening that dialogue. Yeah. And so we want to put ourselves out there um, so people know who the fuck we are, yeah. right? And that's such a good comment that your mentor yeah. made. Um, and so I appreciate you saying that. Looking forward now, everything that you have been through in your life, right? You're, 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 and I know there's so many things that we can't touch on because there's such a short period of yeah. time, right? But artist manager, beautiful doggy, <laughs> Philip Wolf, the relationship you have with your family, where do you want to take it next? Oh, good question, bro. Yeah, <laughs> this is an unprepared podcast yes. <laughs> episode. Um, Honestly, I'm just trying to focus on right here and right now, like today. Yeah. Um, and the most important things, it's funny, like how we're talking about with church or, you know, whatever, sober community or whatever yeah. community you find yourself in. It's like, that's what I'm realizing is like so important is that you have to have that support yeah. and you have to be open because <laughs> yes. it's funny. You and I were talking about like how friendly we are and like, mm -hmm. you know, driven or this or that. And we go and do these things and we have these experiences, but at the end of the day, it's like, how open are we really? Like how yeah. introspective are we really? Yeah. Where is our support group? Like who, who do we lean on? Like who are the people in our lives that, you know, we can really like trust and feel comfortable with. And I'm super, super blessed and super lucky because I have Philip and yeah. he's just incredible. And for the first time in my life, I, you know, even subconsciously, I feel comfortable to like start working through my shit. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I just started that journey like two years ago yeah. and it's been really intense and really, really rough. And I've learned a lot of things about myself. So right now, yeah, it's just, you know, waking up every day and just trying to do the best I can do every day and be the best person I can be. It's, yeah. it's not just waking up and trying to be comfortable, you yeah, know, cause that's kind of what it, what it was for a long time, even though I was, I was driven with work or artistry or these things or kind of like, um, superficial goals, you know, yes. like oh, we all want to have Instagram followers or, you know, the best picture or yeah. win the award or whatever. And now I realize that if you put the focus on, you know, having like a good pure, clean heart and just being a good person and, and doing, doing the best that I can do, all those other things inevitably come. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh, is that how it works? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's how, that's how it works. It's, so uh, it's important. It, it's really cool. Like if I can just focus on, you know, drinking my water and like eating well and, you know, staying in my devotionals and having like my prayer time or my meditation time or, you know, taking bogey to the dog park and getting yes. some sunlight and like little things like that. When I go into my office to do work and be an artist manager for my boys or get on a call and do a meeting or just have a conversation with a friend or whatever is coming in my path, it's like I'm prepared and I'm ready to like 
give more of myself. I'm in a more centered place, you know, in my life and in my mind. And, you know, I'm not living on this like edge of anxiety and fear all the time and like not living in a place of guilt and shame. I'm just living in a place of growth. And then I'm open to like whatever's going to come next. So whatever person or whatever adventure or whatever opportunity or whatever, it's like, kind of living in a state of preparedness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know that's kind of like a weird answer to your question, no, but not. that's just kind of where I'm at right now is like it. having a little bit more self-love and, you know, taking t- dialing down the pride a little bit and just being really humble with like, for me, where God wants to take me and where I'm at in my journey. And, you know, I mean, I, I am a nurturer. And so having like my dog, my little bogey yes. man and, you know, taking care of our home, you know, I have stepkids, I have Philip. um, so it's just like all the different roles that I play in my life. It's like doing that to their, its fullest potential by taking care of my own self. That's kind of where I'm at. I love that. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. So many people. Self-care Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Self-care Sunday, bitches. <laughs> no, but taking care of yourself is so important. So many yeah. people get caught up in the, the fucking struggle and the bush and this and that and the other things. It's like, but you need to dial it back. Yeah. You have to be able to look inside and take care of yourself and work through your things. Because if you can't physically and emotionally take care of yourself, you can't really help anyone else. Yeah. It's it's really hard, right? And so the answer to your question was perfect, right? <laughs> well, it's funny. I remember telling my therapist like a few years ago now, I guess, but I felt like I was a rat just like running through this maze and I just kept slamming into walls. And I'm like, what is happening? Yes. Like what I, I I'm I have all this strength to run and I think I'm like getting somewhere, but really I'm just like running away from things and I'm just like crashing into walls and I'm having to step back and like it was just very messy. Yes, it's hard. <laughs> so now it's I'm hard. like, okay, well, I just have to work through some stuff and it might be painful and I might have some growing pains and you know, it's it's gonna take some time. Yeah. I just feel like everybody it's so easy to compare ourselves to each other, but like everybody has their own unique journey and their own unique timing. Like I can't compare myself to Philip who's like 10 years ahead of me, or I can't compare myself to like you and your wifey and like what you guys are doing. It's like, we all have our own journey, our own story. We all started at a different place and it it all happens for a reason. You know, it's, it's its own divine timing. And so I love where I'm at right now. And I mean, I'm not 100% where I'd want to be, but like I've grown so much the past couple of years yeah. and I'm really grateful that I have a good community of friends and, you know, my, yes. my faith and Philip and you yes, <laughs> and these true. awesome podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love podcasts. Yes. I'm like all about it. That's like part of my self-care Sundays so is like true. podcasting and yes. like listening to what everybody's story is and realizing how similar we all we are. We are, we you know? are getting back to that. It's like the biggest reason is like, for me bringing those two people together but one thing i've noticed is like i'm I'm on this like constant search to to share you know and also hear and listen uh and and i think that the more that we listen the more that we have open dialogue it's the world is the weird and wicked and crazy and happy and sad right but media and and social media tried to make it seem that it's we're so fucking apart and we're yeah. so different. Like just even like the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. But if you take people from two different backgrounds, right, and bring them together and have a conversation like this, yeah. they'll start to realize how similar yeah. they are. There'll be differences, yeah. but there will be similarities. Yeah. And continuing this conversation 
I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It means the fucking world to me. You drove out here an hour to come here. Your little <laughs> it's doggy. Beautiful. Thank it was you. so worth Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Sharing your story, opening up, right? A lot of people will get inspired. Do you remember like when you asked me, like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about a lot of different things and yeah, we could talk yeah. about a lot more things. And I'm going to have you back on for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so thank yeah, you. I have a fun side too. Yeah. I feel like this was like ah, very intense. No, but that's what I'm like, did I get too deep? No, 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 <laughs> okay, no good, not, good, not, good. not at all, not at all. Because it, it, we're human beings, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. We need to open up. We need to share our weaknesses, our flaws, to really see that. Wait a minute. Yeah, we all go through that fucking struggle yeah. every single day, yeah. right? Um, that's why I talk about my bipolar disorder. That's why I talk about my fentanyl use. That's why I talk about yeah. you know all of these crazy things that I talk about yeah. because. We all struggle through it. Yeah. Thank you. Together. Together. <laughs> Together. Yeah. And that's a great point. Together. Well, I love what you're doing, Brock. This is so awesome. You're, you. This room is killer. Like the <laughs> studio is amazing. I'm like, this is so badass. But the fact that you, you know, are helping people to open up and you're opening up yourself, it's like, it makes it easier for us not to judge each other yes. and to realize, you know, like how similar we are and yeah. that it's okay to like go through some shit and it just is. to be messed up. And that like, there's a, there's a brighter side, you know, once you can get through it and of course. you know, we all have our ups and downs and do. it's so nice to like, well, I've, I'm grateful that you let me tell a little bit of my story and like open up a little bit. I mean, I it's definitely it. healing, but it's definitely inspiring to hear other people's stories. And yeah. dude, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. This thank you. So thank cool. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, I appreciate you listening to Back to Your Story. Have a good night. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Boom. Is that your, is that your yeah. house going? <laughs> but then I let it roll a little bit too. <laughs> I like it is right now. That's and awesome. Then I stop it.